0: Okay, I don't know why you just did to me what you did, unless it was to prove a point. To but tell you that I was here on time? Correct. So we agreed a couple days ago that we were going to record at this time, at 8 a.m. my time, 11 a.m. Chandler's time. But frequently, uh-huh. frequently Chandler will message like right before and be like, need 10 minutes. Okay. Let's dig up the receipts and let's compare You know who's needed a few... You- you know time. i'm just going to say most of the time it's you and usually when i wake up there will be some sort of like check-in text so this morning when we hadn't talked about the start time for like two days and when we talked morning, about it said, yesterday bitch it feels we like a long time ago right. yesterday we said okay we'll record at 11 my time eight yours i think that was a few days ago anyway I was shocked when Chandler messaged me one minute before the recording time that she was in the recording software. I didn't know that I hit hit you, you know, one minute before. I was, I guess, on time. And, you know, even if I am the one who is late or who needs a few more minutes, I don't feel bad because I have a full-time job and your schedule is wide open, okay, (laughs) compared to mine. Compared to yours, yes, I have a flexible schedule. But anyway, I just I'm shocked. I'm here. I set an alarm. I never wake up early to record, so this is a new thing for me. I don't. I'm not enjoying it. My brain is in a fog. Have you had coffee yet? I spent eighteen dollars on getting Uber Eats coffee delivered. So I made a really irresponsible financial decision this morning. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Um, but you know what? I decided it was an investment in our podcast. It's a business expense. That's a business meal. Absolutely, I woke up extremely early this morning for no good reason. Um, yeah. at like five fifteen, wide awake, wired, ready to go. You know, if someone had a.m. five fifteen a.m., Lauren, you know that's that was two a.m. your time. That's when I woke <laughs> that was up a morning. long time ago. That was a yesterday. Long time ago, but thankfully, I was able to fall back to sleep about two hours later for about forty-five minutes. So oh, thank you goodness. know. Yeah, we've had a rough go at it this morning, but n- nonetheless, okay. we've made it. How's mom's house? Now I know why you are here so promptly because it's basically two o'clock in the afternoon, your time. It might as well be 5 p.m. I'm ready for this day to already be over. I would actually like it to be over right now. Mom's house is great. I don't remember if I talked to you about this on the regular Patreon episode, but last week I discussed with you that I frequently have existential crises when I come home. Yeah. I don't know why that happens to you. Well, I did figure it out. Okay. Enlighten me. Frequently when I get home, I'll just start like despairing at mortality, at, you know, the changing seasons of life, at, you know, what's the purpose? What's it all for? Mm -hmm. You know? Mm -hmm. And what I realized is there's actually a very distinct reason this happens. It's because every time I come home, mom takes it upon herself to download me on literally every neighborhood tragedy within Mm a hundred square miles. Yeah. Yep. And this is usually like a, a one hour digest on the way home from the airport. Mm -hmm. Lauren, this is very true. I'm so glad you've unlocked this for yourself. I already knew this about mom. I don't know what it is, but I don't think this is something that is, you know, exclusive to Deborah. But why do moms love bad news? Why do they love sharing tragedies? Why do they love sharing traumas? It's literally like they cannot help themselves. The minute something terrible has happened to someone they know or someone in from your peripheral circle, okay? Right. You, they will download their children on it instantly. And it's just like, no, literally, there have been times where I've called mom and once we run out of things to talk about, you know, she just starts downloading me on miscellaneous people from our past and like you know, the, the the hard times they've fallen on. It's like, who is cheating on who? Whose kid has cancer? Who's getting a divorce? Right, right. Did you ever see that meme that was like text you get from your mom? And the one of them that we quote all the time is Karen has Lyme disease. <laughs> and then you're like, who's Karen? Who's Karen? Like, that, that will be the text you get is Karen has Lyme disease, like out of nowhere. And then like literally the response will be like, your library teacher from third grade. It's like, (laughs) ah, I actually don't have the mental capacity to keep track of every single person I've ever known. And I'm so glad that you do. But please just like actually spare me the details. Well, see, I've made a rule um, with mom that I just don't want to hear bad news about other people. And so frequently she'll turn her head, start talking and then say, oh, wait, I can't tell you about that. (laughs) (laughs) I'm sure she loves that. I'm actually feel like that's something she probably enjoys is like, taunting you with like what you think is going to be like a very interesting story Have you ever heard that Alan Jackson song? It's like who's cheating who and who's being true and who don't really care anymore. Have you ever heard that song? Uh. uh. <laughs> <laughs> anyway anyway, that's what a ride home from the airport is like with yeah, my mother. No, who's absolutely. cheating who, who's tr- being true and who don't really care anymore <laughs> Still you wonder
1: who's cheating who who's being true who don't even care
0: Well, I'm sorry that you're having an existential crisis in your childhood bedroom.
1: Are you sleeping
0: in the same bed? What's going on? You know what? (laughs) I'm just going to be honest with you. Um, I picked him up from the airport last night and we did sleep in matrimonial bliss in my childhood bed. Oh, you did? We did, yes. It was great. And you had sex. I actually I'm not gonna disclose my marital <laughs> That's yes. relations. That's I'm a not, yes. I'm not I'm not gonna disclose you. You're the sicko for asking. But I will say that I picked Kagan up from the airport last night. Okay. Because do you wanna know what he has been doing over the past weekend? Uh, I would love to know what he's been doing over the past weekend. He hasn't, you know, given me a check-in. He hasn't downloaded me on what he's been up to. What's (laughs) what's been happening? I'm shocked you guys haven't been keeping in touch via text. I know. He he hasn't wanted to connect. He was at an ayahuasca retreat in Oregon. yes. Okay. I remember hearing about this a couple weeks ago that that's where he was going how did it go? Yeah. So I dropped him off at the airport in Mexico. Um, or not dropped him off. I guess we both left at the same time, but he was going to Oregon, I was going to California. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Anyway, I was crying at the airport. I was like, I don't want the spirits to tell you we need to get a divorce. Like yeah. I'm not the right girl for you. Like right. full. Spirits, I mean the spirits have told me that about you. <laughs> hey, sorry, sorry, spirits. Um, the spirits. I don't want the spirits <laughs> to tell you. Like, like, I don't want your ancestors or your elders, you know, like that are. You know, beyond the veil to be telling you, I'm not the girl for you. <laughs> Kagan has this one mentor that unfortunately passed, you know, in his youth. Okay. And I'm just like, I don't want this guy, you know, chatting you up about how like I am X, Y, and Z. Like, I just don't need it, you know? Okay. Well, here's the funny thing it's not like Kagan was going to see Long Island Medium or something. Like, like <laughs> ayahuasca is not like. I think it's more like personal versus like you are reaching beyond the veil to like speak to people who have died. People say all sorts of things. They definitely talk about the spirits or they definitely talk about, you know, encountering ancestors or other entities. Yeah.
1: I was pretty freaked out. scary.
0: That sounds scary. I don't want to encounter any any entities. Well, don't do ayahuasca. So anyway, Kagan went to his retreat and long story short, ayahuasca no there were no spirits there were no entities he says that ayahuasca was like the biggest just letdown ever really which is shocking yeah because i feel like everyone i hear who does it they're always like and then you know i was speaking to my grandmother earth who was the tree Mm -hmm. who enveloped me in the womb of creation and i understood like (laughs) where humanity came from totally and then i i gave Myself. Exactly, exactly. I gave birth to <laughs> myself. Exactly. Exactly. So, no, Kagan said it just felt like a really bad LSD trip. Um, oh, bad. Okay. So, like negative, not like neutral. Just like a nightmare. He says it feels like, for him, it feels like, okay, this is what it would feel like to be in a, an insane asylum. Like, wow. you just can't form a cogent thought. You're just fully, your brain is just completely mushed. Um, and yeah, it was so funny. He's like, so not into it. This is what he texted. Oh my gosh. I'm no, not sure if he's doing me, loving me sharing this, but um, this is what he texted me. He yeah. said, are you texting him? Like, what are the spirits saying? Did the spirits say anything about me? Like, do they like me? Um, No, I wasn't. I was actually trying to leave him alone so he could like yeah. fully be in the experience. Basically, for him, it was just all a bunch of woo woo BS. He says that uh, every day there was like hours and hours of sharing circles he had to endure. Oh my gosh! He had to do it. He did it three nights in a row, um, and he's just like he's just, I guess, not into Look, the Kagan is being mean. No, Kagan is not built for the sharing circles. <laughs> I no. love the guy, but he is not like he's actually probably the last person I feel like who who thrives in a sharing circle. Not because he's like closed off, but he's just not like crazy emotional. Well, no, and and honestly it was just funny because like the, for the week and a half before or that we were in Mexico, he didn't have a single mm-hmm. cocktail. The 5 days before he didn't have any salt cuz you're not supposed to. No. I didn't know that. Wow. You're just supposed like to before life you're exactly. you so it's the exact same guidelines, Chandler. You're supposed to adhere to a specific diet, which he did uh-huh. in full. And anyway, yeah. long story short, um, he just sent me a picture from In n Out on the way to the airport, and he was like, "Thank God." He was just so wow. happy, and we were talking on the phone, and I was just like, "I'm just so happy. We can just be little squares together. You know, we can eat our cheeseburgers and drink our cocktails, and just have a great life." Totally, totally. Well, I'm really glad that the spirits. Um, actually, don't exist, or at least they were not <laughs> present during this experience. Um, I know that's a really big interesting womp, womp. Do you think you'll ever do it? No, I don't think I'll ever do it. I would do a hero's dose of mushrooms with a guide, but most people do it like back to back over a weekend. It's always a retreat, and I just after my experience on that catamaran and then my experience, right. right. In a sound bath a couple of weeks ago that I literally walked out of. Um, I oh just, gosh. I'm just not built for group, like hippy dippy experiences. Like it's like housewives. Didn't that one housewife like pass out in a sound bath or something like a sauna <laughs> sound bath? Well, I was in a sound bath that lasted for two hours. And <gasps> at the hour and 55 minute mark, I just was like, I'm an American. Like I actually can do whatever I want. And I <laughs> left. I'm so glad. Wow, such a patriot! I think what where that stems from is having to sit through church. I'll just say, like, I th- I feel like, you know, as a child, it's very hard to sit through hours of religious teachings and <laughs> sitting through. And w- when we went to church, it was right now. I think actually, it's currently only two hours long, but ours was three hours long. Three hours of like very, very like, and and <sighs> granted, some of those hours were more like you know you with your peers, but like. But it's very hard to sit still. I've I've done a lot of thinking. I did a lot of thinking in my childhood years, like while being at church and just like being bored in my brain. And I'm like so over being stuck anywhere I don't have to be anymore. It's actually wild to consider what the experience is like of being a kid in a huge family and just going to so many different events, mm-hmm. so many different religious services. And then high school, school, like you're just constantly right. in meetings. Like, you might as well be a board member for Pepsi or something. Absolutely. The amount of meetings Absolutely. you have to go to. So many meetings. Um, I think, too, in our experience, it was also a lot of waiting in the car for mom while she was in Aaron Brothers, the framing store. right. And so it's just, yeah. Anyways, talk lethal combo for us. Um, you know what we're loving we're loving the adult experience of being home and being with our parents because it's quite the 180 I had a lot of fomo. I like I I called you guys on sunday because I was like i'm missing my family Everyone's hanging out, you know, obviously the kids were there and that was like so fun And courtney was just here in town for like a week, which was amazing But then she left and so anyways, I was I definitely had some fomo And I would not have politely declined either of those events because i'm a better daughter, but you are moving a better right daughter. Along. Okay, moving along Chandler, so I put out a call out on Instagram. What do people want? Do they want a deep dive Mm -hmm. on Lori Vallow? Which, by the way, was already prepared, all the research done. Ready to go. Ready to roll. Or do they want pop culture hot topics? I was expecting everyone wanting the deep dive, and then I could benevolently exclaim, congrats, it's coming your way this Wednesday. But no, everyone wanted pop culture hot topics. No one wants to hear about the tragedy that is lori Vallow and chad daybell so anyway mm-hmm. um we're gonna like vultures pick out some dead carcasses this week we're gonna do our best with the slow news offerings and yeah. we hope this is an enjoyable episode um i actually have a a topic that i want to get your thoughts on that i didn't i didn't approach you with beforehand that we can okay. just quickly riff on okay okay but obviously last weekend was weekend one of coachella Essentially, when it's Coachella weekend, everyone has to accept the fact that their Instagrams will be just full of nothing but Coachella content, okay? Mm, mm. And I think this is the first year that I truly had zero FOMO, okay? I Mm. feel like seeing all these celebrities in their coachella fits that frankly looked uncomfortable they looked Mm -hmm. cold i heard reports of how cold it was there Mm. um seeing them basically just like pretend to go be teenagers in the desert just looked Mm. zero percent appealing to me but i'm curious did you have any of these thoughts does it also bug you in the same way um coachella to me is neutral territory it's not something that I experience FOMO at it's not something that deeply irritates me when people post I will say that Megan King did you see what she posted no you follow her I do not I actually don't follow her this came up on my explore page but Megan King but (laughs) Megan King posted and this made me if I had any FOMO it just made all the FOMO drained from my body this is her post from Coachella. She said, okay, here's the truth. The real reason I'm celebrating is because I'm leaving the festival and couldn't remove my two-day pass from my wrist soon enough. One day was more than enough to suffice for about 100 years. I went to two separate stagecoaches years ago and told myself I never go to another festival. Fast forward almost 10 years and I straightened out my Tude to try it all over again. There's still no cell service despite the logistical nightmare of arriving and leaving. My feet have blisters to prove the amount of walking that was never meant to happen in these ride boots. Port-a-potties, a two-hour line for gross nachos. So what I'm saying is I aged out of festivals probably when I turned 13. The music is bomb, but if you're an 87-year-old millennial like me, then don't be sad if you only scroll through the festival photos without ever attending one. You're the real winner, trust me. Yeah. That for me perfectly encapsulates why I would likely be extremely miserable. Right, at right. Coachella. Huge group experiences are just not my thing, especially when you're sleeping in a tent, you're sleeping in a vehicle, you're supposed to like look super hot. It's just – it's not my vibe. It's not what I'm built for. Honestly, it's – it a lot of times, two people are, like, staying in hotels or Airbnbs or whatever. It's really the getting there and, and leaving that is so horrendous because you are just in the throngs of the crowds. I mean, this reminds me of when I left Taylor Swift and I was literally in a crowd of, I don't know, 10,000 people trying to, like, exit an arena. And I'm just like, I hate this so much. Like mm. – that alone, like, the helplessness of just, like, I'm just, like, one of a million and, like, there's not enough supplies for everyone and, or there's not, like, enough exit routes. Anyways, it's just festivals are a hellscape. And this year that that truth really crystallized for me. So glad I wasn't there. The thing that I love, I love a restroom that is, you know, beautifully appointed, mm-hmm. preferably installed permanently in a building yep. with no line. I love a bed with clean sheets. I love a temperature-controlled environment. Right. I can't really do without those things, to be totally you honest. Really you really can't. I know you, and no. I know you can't. I have I have a Coachella story from my my one time there. Okay. If you'd be willing to listen. Sure. Better it actually good. has to do with – it has to do with bathrooms. Okay. Let's just say that Desperate Times called for desperate measures in the words of MKG or whatever um, – MLK, just kidding uh, – Megan King Edmonds <laughs> – <laughs> um, and I essentially, here I go, I'll tell it, um, I had to change my tampon under the cover of a blanket on a field during Coachella because there was no restroom available to me. See, that's the exact kind of human indignity that I think music festivals and really any huge group event just makes you suffer through. Like that right. is disgusting. It's just, it is disgusting. I'm, I am lucky that I do not have some type of, you know, disease. It's appalling. Okay, Chandler. So we have some huge news that I need to get into with you. Huge news. Okay, let's go. So this is big news that has surfaced. Princess Catherine has a deep regret, Chandler. This is according to Robert Jobson. He's the author of A New Tell-All, Our King Charles III, The Man and the Monarch Revealed. Okay. Is that going to be after Spare or after palace papers can't wait to read all yeah, about that king charles oh. everyone can't wait for our 20 part series on the king charles the <laughs> third the man and the monarch revealed i mean if there's a way to get rid of all of our patreon subscribers lose all of our podcast revenue that would be how to do it we will not be belaboring that everyone just a joke okay but this is what mr jobson has to say this is what robert has to say he says that when the queen's final hours were nigh at hand King Charles told Prince William not to bring Catherine to Balmoral in Scotland, but instead to what? have her stay behind in Windsor. With the children? Exactly. And the idea was simple. The idea was that if Catherine didn't go, they would have an excuse to ha- not have Megan be there, mm. or basically a no-in-law policy, mm-hmm. if you will. Mm-hmm. So this is what Jobson said. He said privately, King Charles wanted to say Meghan was not welcome, but he couldn't say that to Harry. So he personally intervened and asked Kate to stay back so that it was fairer on Meghan. Wow. What a sacrifice from Kate. I know. Apparently, she was anxious to jet set off to Balmoral to see the monarch one last time before she died due to her close friendship with Queen Elizabeth II. So Jobson said... Kate deliberately stayed away, but she desperately wanted to be there with the Queen in her final moments. This has eaten Kate up inside and has built up resentment towards Meghan. What do you think? Well, first of all, (laughs) wow. Once again, the Kate propaganda strikes. (laughs) This woman, you know, she might as well be like, you know, Mother Mary herself. Um, She just constantly is willing to make big sacrifices for the greater good, Um, whether it's, you know, Charlotte's flower girl dress or wh- whatever, what have you. Anyways, I'm just questioning that the fact that her and the queen were besties, that she was just going to go like cozy up to the queen on her deathbed and like share, you know, sweet nothings with her. I'm just like, I'm not buying it. That woman was cold as ice. Kate seems cold as ice. And... Yeah, I don't know. I'm just, I'm also not buying that it's eating her up inside every day. (laughs) Her resentment is growing every day as she wrestles with this deep regret every night in those dark hours in Kensington Palace. Um, No, Chandler, here's my thing and call me cold, okay? but is anyone dying to stand vigil for their grandparents-in-law? I don't know. I just think that, like, that is a family affair. That is a blood relation activity. So I I think it's hilarious that, like, royal news essentially is just like things from the past with different layers of interpretation. And suddenly, this is groundbreaking news. It's like royal (laughs) fan fiction as news. Oh, it literally is. It's just like this is eating Kate up inside. She can't eat. You know, she's she's not even fitting into her white eyelet tops from anthropology anymore because she's just withering away and with guilt and shame. Breaking news. This is what Prince William actually thought when Frogmore Cottage was renovated. It's like that is the level that we're at in terms of slow royal news. No, no, no. It's one it's 100 percent fan fiction. That's the perfect way to put it They ship to all 50 states, everybody. You got to try it, earlybirdcbd.com. Lauren, the wall behind you, it's quite barren. What's going on there? (laughs) You know what? I find getting things framed to be very stressful, and so I've just never done it. I don't basically have anything framed in my home, and it's sad for me. It's very sad, which is why we are so lucky to be sponsored by Framebridge right now. Cute frames, beautiful, sleek, modern, so you can just hang your gallery wall and it's good to go. They make it very easy on a lay person like yourself. Everyone, see why FrameBridge has been trusted to frame over 2 million pieces. Visit FrameBridge.com or a local FrameBridge store to get started and custom frame just about anything. That's FrameBridge.com. Well, I do have another piece of royal news before we move on. Okay. Okay. Because I know we've talked about Megan skipping the coronation. Yes. And I think you and I, to sum up our thoughts on the Patreon, we basically said, you know, it's kind of like tomato-tomato. It's a lose-lose for her. If she goes, she's deemed as thirsty. If she doesn't go, she's seen as not supporting her husband and the king. Totally. So that was an and the king, not her husband, comma, the king. Please do not DM me saying that Prince Harry is not king and never will be king. I know. (laughs) Okay. You know, because I only say that because when I posted, I once... Accidentally posted a picture of Prince Louis and referred to him as like you know future king energy, and then I got so many DMs that were like, actually he is actually. so far down in the line of succession he will actually never be king. I was like, okay, <laughs> people. Oh my gosh. Anyway, so as we discussed, Megan will not be attending the coronation, yeah. and one of my favorite royal watchers, Chandler, is a woman named Jane Barr. Mm-hmm. Who has literally built a career commenting on the Royals on her blog from Berkshire to Buckingham? Okay. So, do you follow this account or read the Substack? Were you bummed that that blog spot name was taken when you had to come up with cupcakes and diamonds? Okay. Please stop bringing up cupcakes and diamonds. That's the one thing <laughs> I'm going to ask of you. Can you please not okay. bring up my blog? First, not only are they, is it's so cringy, but every time I hear about a blog I started in 2009, I just think of like the $10 million home I could be sitting in a la Amber <laughs> Honestly, up, a la Rachel Taza, Purcell. a la Roger right. if I just kept up blogging, okay? If yeah, I just sorry. not quit. It's it's a layered insult, and I'm sorry. And I'm sorry for that. Um. Anyway. Where was I? Oh yeah. Ber- from Berkshire to Buckingham. I pay five dollars a month for this substack. And the one thing I will say is that Jane, the writer of this yeah. blog, is okay. firmly Team Cambridge. Okay. She's mm-hmm. not even remotely Team Sussex. So mm-hmm. let that be known. This is a there's a clear bias here. Wait, who's who again? So right now, Princess Catherine of Wales, but she used to be the, the Duchess of Cambridge. You kind of throw me when you say Catherine. Honestly, the fact that we are on part, I don't know, 32 of the Palace Papers and you still are like, and you need clarification (laughs) on these titles is disturbing. (laughs) Yeah. I'm not trying to like, you know, store this in the gray matter of my brain. Okay. Okay. Well, these are, this is very basic information, but here we go. Moving along. So there's a, there's a clear bias there towards Kate and Wills. So mm-hmm. this is what Jane writes. She says first about the birthday excuse. She gives us a very compelling reason why why we should not buy this birthday excuse for not attending the coronation. Okay. Um, and she says that they brought the kids to the Queen's Jubilee and celebrated Lilibet's birthday party at Frogmore Cottage, which they will have access to through the coronation. So that does make sense, okay? They could just bring the kids and celebrate the birthday in England, okay? Yep. Have a little party. So there is that. What Jane says, though, is the real reason is that Megan and Harry were waiting to see how they would be treated if they were to attend. And that's why it's taken them so long to announce their plans. So basically, she says that they've been invited to two events post-Mexit, and they've received vastly different treatment at each Okay. Okay. So um, at the Queen's Jubilee, they were apparently basically hidden away from most of it and not included in the trooping procession nor the iconic balcony appearance. And we all remember, children, remember this grainy photo of Meghan inside Buckingham Palace talking to a super old looking guy from the Jubilee? You know, I I don't, but I can look (laughs) it up. Okay. Well, if you look up this picture, you will all remember this the reason why this picture is so iconic is because it was the only photo we got of Megan during the Jubilee. Okay. 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 So that's basically all we saw of her. And the second event that they were invited to post-Mexit and that they flew back to the UK for was the Queen's funeral. And this was a very different experience. They did a public walkabout with William and Catherine. Mm-hmm. Um, and they stood directly behind William and Catherine at, and Princess Kate at all events right yeah they were yeah. firmly you know with all the high-ranking royals in all the processions yeah and i think the idea there from charles was this is like a family affair this is a family event this isn't necessarily like a working royals event mm-hmm. um and so anyway the question was would they be hidden away like they were at the queen's jubilee or would they play a more front and center role right. like they right. did at the funeral Well, according to coronation plans, Chandler revealed by the Times, only the senior most royals will take part in the official coronation and anyone, Andrew adjacent or below, will be relegated to the sidelines. Wow. So Andrew adjacent or below, that is like, oof. That is my paraphrasing. Oh But yes. So this is what Jane says. She says, as the plans finalized, it became clear that for the Sussexes, this event was going to far more closely resemble the Jubilee weekend when they were either all but invisible or embarrassingly Mm sidelined than the funeral, where they were afforded a senior status as they were for the most part reintegrated seamlessly into the family lineup. This is, still Jane. Finally, I'm still waiting to hear what the dress code is. I think the final straw for Megan could have been that Kate and Sophie will be decked out like princesses in glittering royal jewels and Megan will be wearing a hat with all the other guests on the mm. side. I mean, that is a stark contrast. Chandler, Oh, yeah. if you I mean- are a person hungry for the lights, hungry for center stage, hungry for the jewels, which let me just tell you, Meghan Markle is frequently decked out in six figures, okay, of True. diamonds at all oh, times. Diamonds that would, and jewels—that would be terrible. Um, you know, to put it in Coachella terms, it's like everyone else is VIP, but she is general admission. Exactly. Exactly. Honestly, there's clearly a lot of animus between Catherine and Meghan. Harry and William do not speak. So I can understand it not feeling great to watch as, like, you know, your sister-in-law slash the future queen of right. England is crowned as the princess that she is. Right, right. Yeah. Anyway. Yeah. That, that would be an easy one for me to skip. Especially, we know Megan loves the lights. So. Absolutely. Oh, this is I another mean, thing yeah. that's interesting. Okay. I will say. Apparently, after the coronation is over, that is when Megan is going to come out with her revamp, relaunch of whatever like her career reinvention is going to be. The speculation is that it is not going to be a relaunch of The Tig, that it is going to be something else. But Megan needs to come out of the shadows, right? Like. They have a Santa Barbara Montecito lifestyle to maintain, and we're not getting the content. You know, content is king in 2023, and we are not getting any content these days from those two, No, and apparently she's been waiting for the coronation to be over, and that is when she will make her debut. Is the coronation next month? The coronation is in a couple weeks. I think it's like May 5th. Let me look. Okay. All right. We will be watching and waiting. May 6th. Yeah. So it's in mm. like three weeks. Okay, thank what you. What else, Lauren? Chandler?
1: Thank
0: you're you're us that, that full debrief um, on the latest <laughs> and greatest um, across the pond. Um, I do what I can. You really do. I. I think we should talk about "Till Death Do Us Part." Let's do it. Um. So I haven't really been watching the Kardashians. I thought you were going to say, I haven't really watched it. What did you think? I actually didn't watch it at all, but I hope you did and can lead us through a a deep dive on it. Um, So I haven't been watching the Kardashians. I've been out of the loop. You know, they're less interesting to me these days. You kind of propose that they're trying to stay relevant and they're not seeming to be crazy relevant these days. Right, right. People are calling it the Kardashian flop era. Mm, Okay. Well. Hulu did just drop the wedding episodes, you know, from Travis's wedding, from Courtney and Travis's wedding in Portofino. And I will say, in watching it, it felt like a cross between succession and the Kardashians because the wealth and just, I mean, it was honestly an insanely gorgeous depiction of like rich people having a wedding in Italy. Honestly, I think it was the yacht that just gave it that yes. very successiony feeling. And my first thought was, who's paying for this yacht experience? Because we know it's not Kourtney Kardashian. For some reason, she just strikes me as cheap, and I don't see her springing I bet it's for like Travis. A- no, it's Dolce and Gabbana. That was Dolce and Gabbana's yacht. Oh, the entire really? event, I think, was basically co-sponsored Sponsored by, by Dolce that? and Gabbana. Yeah. So it was like semi an ad for Dolce & Gabbana the entire wedding, which makes sense to me because I don't think Link 182 is like pulling in the cash these days. Well, I just feel like Travis is just pretty successful, though. Like he's a producer on a ton of – Yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Oh, he is. So he has an income. Oh, absolutely. Oh, that's good. That's a relief. Yeah. But, I mean, the scene – so basically everybody – Uh, The opening scene is like essentially Kendall and Kim and North, like all in like this speedboat being taken to the yacht right outside the castle in Portofino. And it's just insanity. Well, the one thing I will say about. That entire thing is they have this portion of it where, you know, the normal guests, the non VIP, non Kardashian family guests Mm -hmm. are taken to the yacht on these really cool vintage little like boats, which looks incredible, looks very sick, but the boats are so small And the water is a little choppy. And so Mm -hmm. people are going and it's like the day before party and they're getting drenched by the water. And that was one of the things as a bride, I will say not to make this about me, but I put a lot of thought into my guest comfort. Like this basically to me looked in many ways like a very uncomfortable wedding to attend. Yes. Yes. There was a lot of stairs to go up and down. Mm-hmm. There was a lot of traveling from location to location. Right. And honestly, my main question was, is it did not look very warm. It did not look like no, a warm it looked weekend cold. at all. It looked cold. I just don't understand how those drenched wedding guests, what they did after they got on the yacht. They are probably freezing the whole they time. They were probably freezing. And then they had to walk up all those steps, all those cobblestone steps. Yeah. It, it simultaneously was like really incredible to watch because it was just like so glamorous. And then it mm-hmm. also seemed like something that was uh, a little bit painful at times. Because of like the uncomfortability of having to go from location to location, like you said. Also, like the rooms that they were in seemed very like dark and not well lit. I mean, they were literally in a castle, you know. I think sometimes you as a bride, you'll be forced with certain decisions. Are you going to have the wedding that looks the way you want it to? Are you going to make certain sacrifices so people aren't going up 100 million stairs to this very specific place? I don't know. Lauren, as we made our descent into New York, you know, from our beloved Guana Island trip, Mm. I got excited thinking about coming home to like my more simple routine food, like my Mm -hmm. Clean Simple Eats protein powder. it is an iconic wedding. There were so many parts of it that I was like, this is spectacular. And the photos of this are going to be insane. Maybe if, you know, being in the moment was a little uncomfortable, like the photos alone will be, you know, incredible. Well, and also this is another thing I will say. It was a small wedding. It looked like it was a hundred people maximum, maybe Mm -hmm. 150, but it was not a 300, 500 person wedding. So it's a fairly mobile group. Um, The other thing is that I do think that Courtney and Travis obviously are not a conventional couple getting married Mm -hmm. in Europe where they're having this very like old world aesthetic wedding. Like they are having a goth rocker wedding. Right. And they really leaned into that aesthetic. And I I kind of liked it. Like I felt like Yeah, it turned out great. It turned out great. Like, do I think she would have looked better? better in a traditional wedding dress yes i think she should have gone for a full lace wedding look i do but kim already did that in italy kim already kind of did the lace long sleeves Mm -hmm. in italy vibe i do think that she would have looked better in a traditional wedding dress i'm gonna say that i'll just say too she got to have three different weddings yeah and and every single one she wore kind of a tacky outfit so she didn't like want one classy moment i guess um I do think it would have looked better if she wore something, at least had one traditional wedding dress look, just for like a really glamorous, beautiful, classy moment. But, you know, that wasn't in the cards. That wasn't what she wanted. She wanted to wear what was basically a negligee the entire time. And whatever. I like they they just like leaned into it. You know what I mean? They didn't try to make it anything it wasn't. Also, I appreciate her doing something super different. It just it matched the vibe, um, and also I think the D and G factor here was very strong. Like they had mm-hmm. strong opinions about the fashion, anyways. Especially since they were co sponsoring. Okay, a few other like little things I want to touch on, though, Lauren. Okay. Yeah. In this particular episode, right? No one is miked. Okay. So it's very actually hard to hear everyone speaking. And I mean, it makes sense that no one was miked. Like it was literally their wedding. But I found that to be kind of like a lackluster part of watching it and also made it like kind of hard to like follow and engage with because like you couldn't really hear people super well. You know what? Apparently this footage was just supposed to be their wedding video um just like what they had privately recorded and they did not intend to release a special oh interesting okay i'm not sure if h- hard times have hit the matcha compound right. for Courtney Kardashian, and that's why they sold the footage to Hulu and made this special. I'm not sure what it is. I actually liked that it seemed all pretty raw. It just gave it a feel of authenticity. It made it not feel overly produced. And to be honest with you, I didn't even notice that they weren't mic'd. Oh, really? So yeah. I, I didn't just even felt notice like that it was part. hard to hear. And and maybe that was you know, that could be a sound issue I'm experiencing. And you know. Um, okay, another thing I want to discuss. There were so many paparazzi. Like, especially that first night where they have, like, the rehearsal dinner at that restaurant, you know, um, right in the town. And I do wonder, did basically the Kardashians sponsor, like, BackGrid to get, like, a free Portofino trip out of this? Like, you know some of them are hired by them. Obviously some of them, and uh, maybe a majority of them were just, like, randoms that, you know, flew there to capture it. But I, I just thought that was interesting. I actually think that for this specific event, because it was a known event, that photographers were sent from L.A. I think that she had her own photographers there taking photos like she would for like anyone would for any wedding. And so I actually don't think that any of that was orchestrated. I think that that was all like, you know, traditional paparazzi trying to record the event.
2: Right. Um, Right.
0: A lot of people were concerned with the absence of Mason in the series or in the mm-hmm. special. Yeah. Um, and I listened to her appearance on Not Skinny But Not Fat in October. And she basically said that Mason is not a fan of of any of the shows and that he just never wants to be included or put on social media or he just is more private. Um, and I think people are kind of feeling like Mason is kind of like Rob 2.0 in that oh, regard. sad. Yeah. Well, no, not everyone wants to be blasted. Sure, so there is nothing though. wrong no thirsty with thirsty like I- us. I know it's hard to imagine. It is hard to imagine. I mean, I think Rob also struggled a lot. So I hope it's not like because he's struggling. It's fine if he's you know more private or whatever. I mean, she didn't say she just said that he didn't want to be on the show. Yeah, interesting. But he was definitely there. Yeah, I will say that you know, in watching the footage of the like the reception when MGK got up to sing. I instantly couldn't find the remote fast enough because I was so embarrassed and had so much cringe. Secondhand embarrassment. Er, it was so, so bad. Like the line that he like, is singing and it's like, the simulation just got broken or something. Like it's so bad. And it's just like, oh, if these were my closest friends who I was inviting to my wedding. Well, okay, not only was – The performance by MGK so bad and also playing of the Blink 182, so cringe, in my opinion, no offense. Oh, I didn't mind the Blink 182. I also like Blink 182. I found the speeches to be so bad. And it made me, you know, so appreciative of you because Kim's speech in particular, I was shocked by how unprepared she was and how unthoughtful it was. It was basically like, you guys are just the cutest couple, you guys are the best. You guys are the best. You guys are like, the for, best. I'm literally saying you guys are the best. That's like literally what you say as you like exit someone's house after like a backyard barbecue. Like, love you guys. You guys are the best. Bye. That's what you that's what you say at Gelsons when they like help you to your car. Yes. You guys are the best. You guys are the best. Like that is the most unthoughtful speech to say at your sister's wedding. Mm -hmm. And it was three superlatives. That's all she gave them. Mm -hmm. You guys are the cutest. You guys are so in love. You guys are the best. And speech. I just was very underwhelmed by all. (sighs) Like when Kylie got up to speak, it was very impersonal. I almost didn't bring this exact issue up because I didn't want to be a total B-I-T-C-H, but there was something about the lack of emotion from the family that just kind of like made me feel a little sad or I and maybe this is just like who they are. They might just be like more, but actually, I don't know. I feel like I've, we've seen emotional, like really sweet and poignant moments from all of them. And so I just, yeah, there was just a total lack of like tenderness or like authentic, like, yeah, like thoughtfulness. And their speeches and I yeah. think they have Kravis fatigue I think they all got choked up at the engagement if we remember that Chris got very emotional when Courtney got engaged and was so happy because obviously yeah Courtney has never been married um and never been even been engaged before and I think Chris had always thought that would never happen Courtney was like too cold or whatever mm-hmm. I think we did see a lot of emotion there I just think like honestly they have been celebrating or talking about Kravis's love for a long time at this point. So when the wedding's finally there, they're just happy to have a bow tied on this and not to have to belabor it any further. That's fair. I mean, I have Kravis fatigue. Seeing the lip bite kiss, you know, one too many times during the hour long special, like definitely made me feel grossed out. Well, they go in, every time they go in for a kiss, I don't know if you notice this, it's a full, like, they go in with the tongues. It's not like mm-hmm. a mouse no. with each other and then the tongues. It's a f- just full tongue to tongue entwining. I don't know how the teeth kind of work there because, like, sometimes you might smash teeth. Like, I just, yeah. I do love Travis, though. I do really love Travis Barker. One other thing, Chandler, that I did want to talk about was, did you notice Landon Who's nineteen? Fully drinking through the weekend, yeah, and also telling Travis, "Oh, we're gonna share an Amarado sour together." I, know. I did think that was kind of interesting. Just like, clearly, he doesn't care if his kids drink, and that's just obviously like so wild to watch. Yeah, clearly, he's a very chill dad. I do think he's a good father, but very chill dad when it comes to stuff like that. Did think it was interesting that like Landon said, "We're gonna share an Amaretto sour." And yeah, it was and that they kept that in. Right, right, right. Um, okay, Lauren, sorry to keep going back to Coachella, but a couple things happened at Coachella that I just want to quickly get your thoughts on. So Irina Shayk and Leonardo DiCaprio were spotted together, looked a little cozy. Reps are denying this is romantic. But I will say when I saw these photos, I did daydream a little bit. And I actually think I would really stand the two of them getting together. Uh, I think they would actually like maybe make a great couple. She seems slightly more age appropriate than Leo's used to. I also sort of have this image of, you know, Bradley Cooper and Leo, you know, grilling out together and just sort of getting on and being chummy. Um, So Mm. anyways, I I did kind of get lost in a daydream for that. I read a a funny Instagram comment that he was that they weren't getting cozy, that he was just leaning into Whisperer and ask if uh, she has any younger sisters. (laughs) So I thought that was hilarious. I don't know. Leonardo DiCaprio, I just can't handle the whiplash. It's like one day he's like walking with Greta Thunberg in Antarctica on like a PBS special. And the next day he is like, you know, at Coachella with like a gold chain. I just I can't handle it. It's like pick a lane, Leo, please pick a brand. I could do with seeing less of him you know not just jared just in general (laughs) absolutely it's like please honestly it's fine if you want to be the face of like one of the biggest issues facing humanity um but i don't know that i also need to see you with like yacht girls and san tropez Mm -hmm. just pick a lane leo that's all i'm asking for right now it's just a little confusing for my brain at 8 a.m pacific time for sure for sure um take all the time you need um Oh, by the way, Chandler, Timothy and Kylie officially dating. It's confirmed by sources. I don't think it's confirmed by them, but it's, you know, basically it's been leaked. Um, The thought is that Kris Jenner and team leaked it. And the idea is that Kylie being attached to Timothy is really good for her brand because mm-hmm. Timothy is more artistic. He's more refined. He's more... He's part of like a not nearly as wealthy of a caliber, but a much higher caliber in like the art scene and just the industry and in the general entertainment industry. And so this is good for Kylie's brand. Not so good for Timothy's brand though, which is interesting. Yeah. I, I want to see a lot less of this as well on Just Jared. I don't care... <laughs> Also, I just, none of this seems real to me until I like literally see an interview with them where they are like, you know, having a true connection. I'm just not mm. going to buy it. I do want the paparazzi photos, I want the pictures of them hiking in Runyon Canyon. It's just, it'll be quite the sight to behold. Right. One more thing, Lauren. Mm-hmm. I recently listened to Ben Affleck on Smartless. Okay. Oh, okay. And I want you to listen to it because it was fascinating to hear him talk at length. I feel like I haven't really heard him talk very much, right? Um, and basically, you know, Smartlist is with Jason Bateman and uh, Sean Hayes, and then also Will or uh, Will Arnett from um, Arrested Development, and I, I really like the podcast. And they had Ben Affleck on. And he's giving this interview and talking about, you know, his film company and his, you know, upcoming projects. And when he talks about J-Lo, there's just something about it that just feels – I mean, and and I could be coming into this with a bias, but just feels like pretty contrived. Like – really. He's like, he's like, you guys know my wife. She's amazing. You know, she's she's just amazing. And maybe I just have amazing fatigue, you know, like just feels kind of throwaway at this point. Everyone's amazing. Um, and they're kind of like, he's like kind of talking about her music and stuff. And I just I don't know what it was, but he's just like, it almost feels like a robot or something, where I'm just like, like he's. He's playing who he thinks Ben Affleck should be playing, if that makes sense. Interesting. See, I think I thought you were going to say hearing him talk in long form, he's actually so much smarter. Like it's just so interesting hearing him speak, and contrasting that with like the Dunkin' Donuts meme that we're constantly seeing and being fed on socials. So this is interesting. I'm not not saying that. I think it was really mm-hmm. interesting to hear more about his. You know, his background, and obviously he's like a writer director. And, you know, like him and Matt Damon have a really interesting story where they, you know, literally went together to Hollywood and like were trying to get acting jobs together and writing stuff together, and they shared a bank account. Just kind of hilarious. Mm. And like at one point, you know, Ben was making more money and Ben was just paying the bills and then Matt would make money. And it's just, it, yeah, that it was, I, I see him a little bit more as a dimensional person after this interview. I just think when it comes to the JLo stuff. Interesting. It was sort of ro- robotic. It was sort of robotic. And it just felt like, I don't know. She's fascinating to me because I don't really understand her like fully. And I don't understand their relationship basically at all. Um, she actually also comes like on the zoom at one point point, oh, interesting. and like talks to them. I, th- I think it'd be worth you listening to because like there, you might have some more takeaways as well, but yeah, I just, I, I recommend that to anyone if you want to get like a little, you know, a little view into their relationship. Right. Right. Okay. Interesting. Okay. I'm going to definitely, I will definitely give it a listen. I will also say that I listened to Jake Gyllenhaal on armchair expert. I couldn't oh, make you it did two hours because I don't have two hours to listen to Jake Gyllenhaal. And I felt guilty about Taylor while listening. Yeah. In fact, Joe texted and said, Jake Gyllenhaal is on armchair expert. You know, he's being pretty charming. And then he said, you know, I am every 15 minutes pausing it to listen to the 10-minute version of All Too Well just to, like, cleanse myself. Joe Peacock, everyone. Our resident Taylor Swift expert. Yes. Right. Anyways, I just thought that was hilarious because I did feel a lot of, like, Taylor guilt while listening. But damn it, if he's not just the most charming guy. Really? Yeah. He's, like, Like, you can charming. understand why he completely did a number on taylor swift a hundred percent i mean taylor swift all too well plus the movie star in me plus this interview like he's just he's got a way about him where he's very likable and the way that he talks about his family and you know acting and his sister and his mom and he just he also has a very interesting childhood and like you know just a full like hollywood baby basically Remember there was that article about that girl who dated Jake Gyllenhaal for That's like what two I'm seconds? The movie star in me. That's oh. that article. That's what I'm referencing. That's what it's called. I thought you when you reference that, when in my head I thought of first daughter. The Disney mm. movie or like the the tween movie right, with right. Mandy Moore, where she's like the president's daughter. I don't know why, uh, the movie star and me. It just sounded like the same type of thing. Um, but yes, 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 yes. That article is so juicy for anyone who has not read it. It's from this like twenty two year old intern who basically gets seduced by Jake Gyllenhaal and right. he leaves her hanging out to dry pretty quickly. Um, so it's another girl being all too welled by Jake Gyllenhaal. It's a very long, very juicy article. Yeah. But anyways, just some interesting podcasts with, um, you know, scorned men. Interesting. Okay. Well, I'm going to listen to those. Thank you for the recommendations. Everyone this week on Patreon, we will be back with another edition of the palace papers, deep dive and Chandler, anything else this week? No, just everyone, you know, keep your ear to the ground. Taylor Swift is giving us more news every day, more looks, more revenge looks. Right. Um, yeah. So what a time to be alive. Thanks for listening, everyone. And we'll catch you next week. Bye. Bye.
1: that you don't understand still you wonder who's cheating who who's being true who don't even So.
0: all for now folks don't forget give us a five-star review hit us up on instagram at pop apologists and we will see you next week live every wednesday
2: hey hey it's donna from daily dose of donna